Hi, you're listening to Yeah, It Can't Be Good, a rewatch podcast of the sci fi original series Eureka. Let's get started. Hey, it's Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season 3, Episode 18. What goes around comes around. In the third season finale, Tess receives a job offer in Australia. Zoe is set to leave for Harvard, and Carter must contend with a magnetic disturbance that's floating over Eureka. Original air date September 18, 2009. Creators Andrew Cosby and Jamie Paglia, written by Jamie Paglia, and directed by Matthew Hastings. Thanks, Doug. So, the laws of physics are in peril. My daughter's moving out, and the world's coming to an end. Hi, this is Vicky, and I'm here with my co-host, Doug Gramley. Hey, how are you? Great, how are you? Doing good. For the season three finale, What Goes Around Comes Around. Okay, right off the top, I have to say I had a lot of trouble with the science in this episode. Not that I understand the science in any episode. Yeah. But usually I could take enough notes so it sounds somewhat close to what they're talking about. Sure. For some reason, I just wasn't... If I took yeah, notes, I, I'd be writing the whole episode. I yeah, guess. I think as, as far as a season finale goes, this one was a little lackluster as far as what was going on with the town. I feel like there were episodes during the season that were a little more exciting. Right, yeah, this really didn't have an impact as a season finale. I mean, we know Zoe left. There, other than the personal things that Jack was going through. Right. You know, and, and kind of like where they leave off. You know, I think that was fine. But the whole scenario with the town, I think, yeah, it wasn't the craziest story. It didn't feel like a finale. It could be, you know, maybe a lot of times they don't know they're picked up for the next season until very mm-hmm. late. So maybe they didn't know if they'd be picked up and they just Yeah, thought, so they were trying to end it on a way that... Uh, on a happy, well, not happy, but everything's fine note. But the science was just eluding me. So if I like kind of gloss over and then they did something <laughs> to make this work, if you understand it, jump in and explain it. You know, I, no, I don't, I don't understand much of it at all. But I started taking notes on it and I felt like I'm writing the whole script because it was just so much. I thought, I don't know why I just couldn't get a handle on the science. But anyway, Tess and Carter are at the smart house in the morning, so obviously she spent the night. According to Sarah, this is the third night she spent. Yeah, I'd get a little annoyed if my house was keeping tabs on my <laughs> comings and goings. Right, and Carter does seem to be a little annoyed. Morning, Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. Coffee? Yeah, two. Um, one black and one with milk and... Three teaspoons of sugar. Yes, I know. Good memory, Sarah. I logged it in system preferences after the third night. Yeah, but now that you're counting, right? So Tess tells Carter about how they're going to test a super collider. And honestly, the only reason I can remember a super collider is because they talked about that in the West Wing. Carter doesn't really seem interested. That already sounds like a bad idea, you know. <laughs> I know. That's the same thing that they do in Switzerland, right? What's it called? The Hadron Collider? Hadron Collider? Oh, I don't know. What was that supposed to do? It's supposed to, um, what am I thinking of? It's a particle accelerator, so it's supposed to kind of, can't think of what I'm trying to say. I don't know, because no matter how many times I watch the description of this, I really don't really understand what this is supposed to do either. Yeah, I don't know if it's like the same concept. I think it's supposed to like emulate what the Big Bang was supposed to be. Okay, didn't we already have a Big Bang thing though? I thought we did. When Zane, Zane's first episode, they were doing the Big Bang machine. I mean, that's why I'm confused. Maybe because they already did a Big Bang, so why are they doing it again? Maybe I just couldn't get a handle on any of this. Yeah. But if you think of what Switzerland was supposed to be doing, jump in. So Tess leaves. 
Carter does not seem interested in seeing this. Although, knowing Eureka, you would think that he should have, like you said, it doesn't sound good. Yeah. You would think that maybe he would have a little more interest in wanting to witness the testing. But he doesn't seem to at all. Zoe is getting ready for a swim competition, and she's kind of explaining they put neurons in her joints or something so that somebody else is controlling her movements. Yeah, that also sounds like a terrible idea. A lot of bad ideas going on (laughs) in this episode. I know. But before she leaves, she opens up a letter and finds out that she's been accepted to an early admission undergrad medical program at Harvard. Yeah, I did the same thing that Carter did. I was surprised, but I didn't think that she was already a senior in high school. And she's not. She's She's not. like two years away still. Right, because Kim and I discussed it in the last episode, which is when she helped deliver Allison's baby. It's not the last episode, maybe two episodes ago, but makes her decide that she wants to be a doctor. And the beginning of that episode had her researching colleges, and she's a junior, they said. Carter's confused, but she says that in Eureka, they start much earlier than that. Yeah. So, yeah, she is a junior, but she's got, I guess she's going to get to skip her senior year. Yeah, I, I don't know how their yeah. education system works there, but you kind of have to give it to her character. You know, she wouldn't have been in Eureka if it hadn't been for Jack being the sheriff. So it's not like they would have recruited her for anything. So she was kind of thrown into this world with, you know, people of higher than normal intelligence and the fact that she's held her own and even Carter was like you have a B minus average and she's like yeah but a B minus in Eureka is like you know a double A plus or something in the real world so you kind of admire her drive you know and not folding while she was there right that happened earlier on where she was having all those struggles with school Mm -hmm. and she not only held her own but she excelled well she's a genius we know she's a genius but and i think if she didn't come to eureka she would have never known she was a genius yeah so yeah it's a whole different journey with that character from the beginning to now from the beginning Mm -hmm. what you thought you were going to get and to now because you kind right. of really thought she was just going to be the troublesome teenager who was always in trouble. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay, so Lucas is working with Henry, and he's complaining about Zoe's news because he thought they were going to apply to college and blah, 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 you know. Yeah. Normal, everyday teenage, it's the end of high school, everybody wants to go to college together, and it never happens. Right. He's kind of wrapped up in his woes about Zoe leaving, and he says to Henry that, you know... It's one thing losing, what does he say? It's one thing losing, all the experiments in the world can't replace the woman that you love. Yeah, which was a little harsh. (laughs) It was. I liked Lucas at the beginning. I don't really like him anymore. The last couple episodes, he's just needy and... Yeah, he's becoming very clingy. Yes. While they're talking and while Lucas is complaining, both of them notice something on the screen. And Henry calls it Nemesis. Yep. And that's all they really explain. Joe and Carter stop into Cafe Diem for Muffin Monday, and Joe tries to talk to him about Zoe, that it's a great opportunity. And of course he knows that, but he's still her father, and he wasn't expecting her to be leaving. Yeah. But Carter notices Fargo, Julia, and Larry discussing the end of the world. Right. The end of the world is coming. The people have a right to know. Mm -hmm. And with you around, it'll end sooner than later. And that doesn't help. You can't do this, Fargo. It's putting us all at risk. Stop. Who did what? It's what they're about to do. Ignore him. It's not us this time. It's Nemesis. Nemesis? Is that real or is that like a supervillain from your fantasy Justice League? Oh, it's real. And that is an awesome name. 
Nemesis is a neutron star that's been theorized to be in binary orbit with our sun. It crosses Earth's orbit every 65 million years, causing an extinction-level event. You know, the way they're talking about it, Carter thinks it's happening at any second, but Julia says, he, you know, when he asks how much time they have, and Julia tells him... 2,000 years. Did you know what Nemesis was no. when they first said it? No. Did you? I did, yeah. My oldest son, he's, like, into the whole space thing and everything, so he reads up on a lot of this stuff, and, yeah, I've heard of it before. I kind of thought they made it up. No, but- it's like, well, I don't know if it's made up, like, in real life, too, but apparently there's this theory how the world could end, and this this is one of them, I guess, that's floating around. So your son's not but, only into volcanoes, but he's also into space? Any, anything that could end the world. <laughs> yeah. So he's researching now. Yeah, he's, he's doomsday prepper, <laughs> for sure. The way it's explained in short version is Nemesis is a star that causes extinctions. See, and I didn't think that was a real thing. Yeah, it's something that it's like in orbit mm-hmm. around our sun or something, but it's so far away that it was never picked up on, and then eventually it's going to come close to us and cause all this weird disturbance on Earth, like reverse the poles and stuff, which ties into what's going on with the episode. Oh, see, I didn't know that. So that's why I think Jack makes the comment in the middle of the episode that what happens if... Nemesis is here. All the stuff that's going on now, yeah, is is because of this Nemesis thing. Oh, okay. So that makes even more sense then. Good. I'm glad you knew that because I didn't. Larry is more concerned about the super collider test. Sheriff, the real problem here is the super collider these guys are about to test. It'll wipe us out long before Nemesis gets the chance. No histrionic much, Larry. That thing makes the Hadron Collider at CERN look like a slingshot. Mark my words, some things should not be messed with. Like the laws of physics. Again, like who would have thought that he'd be the words of wisdom? And even Joe kind of says that at the end of the conversation, that as much as she hates to say it, she kind of agrees with him. Yeah. Because of all Larry's talking and the talk about the nemesis and all that, Carter decides to go and watch the experiment. And he asks if he needs safety goggles. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little joke, I think, throughout the whole series. Because I remember other people asking for safety goggles, and it's always no, and then something blows up. <laughs> yeah, the whole funny thing is that, what are safety goggles going to do? Right. <laughs> Every experiment they do yeah. could possibly end you know, the world, or at least the town. <laughs> but your eyes are safe. Yeah, but let's put on safety goggles. (laughs) So something goes wrong, and there's an explosion. It was kind of cute. Apparently, after the explosion, some kind of liquid helium was released, and they (laughs) were all speaking like chipmunks. Why are we talking like Chip and Dale? Uh, liquid helium cools the magnets surrounding the collider tunnel. The rain hit the supply line, I think. I'll shut off the line and open the surface vents. Hey, my part went flawlessly. You must have screwed up the containment field calibration. I checked them a dozen times. They were spot on. Well, they're not now. Yeah, take a look at that. Okay, so Zane thinks it was done on purpose because Zane said there was nothing wrong with his part of it. They blamed Fargo, and he says there was nothing wrong either. So whatever Zane came up with, this is the part I'm glossing over because I really don't understand what he was saying, says that it, it was done on purpose. 
Yeah. So obviously Carter sabotaged the Right. So it wasn't just something that broke or something that they pushed the wrong button or something. It was sabotage. Carter immediately goes to talk to Larry. And Larry denies any involvement, but he says that the explosion caused his fembot to be unresponsive. Right, which now gets a little weird. <laughs> I like the look on Joe's face. I know, and Carter's. The funny thing about Larry is he says something like he tells them he has a fembot mm-hmm. and that it's unresponsive. And they call him on it. Like, you know, they say nasty, not nasty things to him, but, you know, they don't let it go. And he has no expression, really, except that his eyebrow oh, yeah. goes up. Yeah, it's totally normal for him. Yeah, it's just this is Tuesday. Yeah. And that's yeah. just what you do on Tuesday. So Fargo and Julia are checking equipment, and Fargo decides that life is short, and he wants to complete his bucket list. When they start talking about that, the lights start flashing in the lab. And they cut to Tess telling Carter about her new job opportunity in Australia that she found out a week ago before she and Carter started dating. Although it seems like they've been dating longer than that. For, for a while. Maybe yeah. before they started getting serious is what he meant. You know, and then Carter reverts to all business mode because he's mad. I don't blame him. You know, he tells Tess about Larry and Larry's dark energy theory. But I don't blame him. I mean, she's saying that she didn't talk to him about it because she didn't know where the relationship was going. You can mention it in passing. You don't have to have a discussion about it. Like, hey, I'm moving to Australia. That's something you could say in any conversation with any person. Julia brings Carter to the lab and they find Fargo stuck to the ceiling. And I think Fargo gets accused of doing something again, right? Push. What did he do? What button did he push? Right. So Julia puts a mat on the floor to catch him. And then I don't know what causes him to fall or if the magnetic whatever they're looking for dissipates. But he crashes to the ground. Of course, he misses the little tiny mat that she put out there. <laughs> you just have that on hand? Yeah. <laughs> Henry takes him to check for exposure. He doesn't know why Fargo was stuck to the ceiling. Yeah. Carter wants to talk to Zane, and Tess is resistant to any mention of the collider. Allison was always kind of resistant that it can't be this, it can't be this, but Tess is taking it like Carter thinks she's holding something back from him. Yeah. She's like overly resistant. But Carter wants to talk to Zane. You know, he's just trying to solve the problem. Meanwhile, Zoe's getting hooked up for the diving competition. Whatever these things are that Pilar is shooting into her will enable Pilar to control Zoe's movements because Zoe doesn't dive. So this is something that Pilar has to control 100%. Yeah. Tess and Carter argue again about the same thing. And Carter says, well, you started something and you didn't tell me you were going to be moving. And it's the whole same argument. She hasn't decided to move yet. Not the point. She should have mentioned it. So Zane thinks there's no dark energy link. He said something in the collider broke before the explosion. Yeah. So it wasn't some kind of leak that caused the explosion. Carter finds out that Fargo has taken iron supplements for his whole life. Which is why this magnetic pull was on him, right? Right. And then there's a lot of scientific jargon that if I can get a clip, I'll put in because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me about what happened and what's causing Fargo to be a magnet. But they kind of seem to know what's going on. They don't know why it's going on. A magnetic energy field or something. Right. The way I understand it, the reason that Fargo just crashed to the ground is because the field doesn't stay there. It dissipates and moves on. Right. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's like stable enough yet to where it'll remain in one place. 
Right, because they were trying to figure out how to get him down, and they couldn't, and then all of a sudden he just fell. So I guess it yeah. just kind of dissipated or moved on. Carter gets to the pool in time for Zoe's dive, and right before she's ready to dive, he sees the water start bubbling in the pool. He yells to Zoe to stop, but it's too late. And as soon as she hits the water, the water catches fire. Yeah. So he dives in to save her. Somebody comes and zaps the pool with something to get rid of the flames. Yeah, I don't know what that was. It was pretty cool, but... It was. Maybe that's Eureka's version of a fire extinguisher. I don't know. But that gets rid of the flames. Carter's able to save Zoe. Henry blames an intense magnetic field. This field was over the pool and... Something about Zoe's skin with the neurons or whatever Pilar injected into her. Because it didn't catch fire until she hit the water, right? Yeah, it was whatever was injected in her joints sparked the flame. Yeah, I didn't understand much of the science. I just knew it was bad. Yes. (laughs) Rarely do they explain the science and it's anything good. True. So I could probably always insert it was bad in every scene. Yeah, Um, this is where it gets bad when they start talking about science. Right. So Carter brings up the nemesis to Henry, and Henry kind of smirks and says, well, that's not coming for 2,000 years. And Carter says, but what if it's already here? Lucas apologizes to Zoe for being a big needy jerk, and Fargo and Julia decide to take their bucket list to a non-life-threatening direction. While they're in Cafe Diem, things begin to fly around, and again, Fargo is stuck to the wall. He must be the only iron-deficient person in Eureka. Carter, like we said, he asked Henry what would happen if Nemesis is here, but Carter is thinking it's a man-made Nemesis. He doesn't think it's the actual Nemesis. Carter, Henry, and Tess discuss who had the know-how to do something like that, and Carter decided he had to have access to Henry's information and to Kim's data. First, he looks at Henry, which I think he was kidding at that point, but then he realizes it's Lucas because he's upset about his girlfriend leaving him behind, so he's trying to create some scientific breakthrough so he can go to college with her. Is that what they thought? I mean... I think that's what Carter thought. I know they thought of him first, but I I wasn't sure if they thought that he was doing it to try and get into college or if he was doing it because he was, like, mad and was being vindictive or something. I think when Carter said somebody who's upset his girlfriend's leaving him behind, I don't know that Henry and Tess understood that, but I always took it that Carter understood. Lucas is just a mope. He's not vindictive, you know? Yeah. So that's why I always took it that way. But you could be right, but I took it that Carter at least thinks that he was trying to do something to get credit so he can go to college with Zoe. Maybe Carter was kind of talking about himself too. There. Oh yes, definitely. Yeah. That was yeah, that was a passive aggressive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so Carter, Tess, and Henry interrupt Zoe and Lucas in I guess it was I don't know if that's his workshop or it didn't look like a house, but his garage or something. Which was funny because you know I think Kylan Ferguson's the funniest man alive. Mm-hmm. You know when he said my week is complete or my day is complete. If you watched him, the hand motions and the facial expressions, like even after he said the line. He's just hilarious. He said that when they walked in on yes. Zoe. When Zoe yeah, okay. and Lucas yeah. jump up and Lucas grabs the pillow and he says, my yes. day's complete. Yeah. That and was, yeah, that was pretty funny. It was. And if you watch him, even after he says his lines, because he's still like um, doing all these facial expressions and motions, he's just hilarious. Yeah. The guy is just hilarious. I always wonder if, if scenes like that were improv. I know. Because it, it's a genuine reaction that he has. You know, it would almost be like they're not going to tell him. 
to do what's that. What's going on? You know, he's just going to open the door and then whatever your reaction is, is going to be your reaction. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, I mean, spot on, not skipping a beat. Right. It was a perfect reaction. And then, like I said, even after his lines, if you watch him, and he does that a lot, he says a line, which is funny. But then if you watch him after he says the line in the background, he's hilarious. So Lucas confesses to making a, I did write this down, a microelectric pulse amplifier. But he says he couldn't get it to work and that it's not even turned on. It's on standby mode. So Henry brings him outside and shows him that it is working and it's creating a new North Pole. Yep. So he says he used Kim's data, but it doesn't have enough juice to cause all of the problems it's caused. Tess says his amplifier threw off the magnetic stabilizers on the collider. So that was what went wrong before the collider blew up. Remember Zane said something broke before? Yep. The amplifier threw off the magnetic stabilizers on the collider, which caused the explosion. And the energy from the collider explosion fed back to the amplifier, which created, as Henry puts it, a loop of building energy. That helped boost the amplifier. So it was kind of like a a ricochet effect? Yeah, like a perfect storm, all things happening in sequence. Right, and they kept feeding off each other. One thing caused something to happen on the other machine, which bounced back to the first machine. It was very confusing. He's causing a second North Pole, a new North Pole. And he says he did it because he wanted Henry to write him a letter, like he did for Zoe. And to that point, Carter didn't know Henry was the one who wrote the letter of recommendation. And Zoe didn't know who wrote the letter of recommendation. Because when she read her letter, her acceptance letter, she said it says someone wrote a letter of recommendation. So I don't know what caused him to write a letter if nobody asked for it, unless maybe the school asked for it. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe Henry sees something in Zoe. He felt like he wanted to help her advance her career or her education. But it didn't seem like Carter or Zoe knew he wrote the letter. So it just sounds like he wrote this letter at random. Yeah. And they really don't explain why. So meanwhile, Joe's car gets pelted by anything that was metal in the area. So these magnetic whatever they are. Pulses. Pulses, okay. That are flying around are getting worse. And they're all over the town. They think they're random, but Tess notices a pattern, not in where they're going, but that they all have a negative charge. Henry suggests creating a positive burst of magnetic energy to cancel the negative charge out. Once again, they're going to launch a missile. So Zane wants to launch a missile into the center of the pole. And that sounds too easy in Eureka, and that should have taken care of it. But as he says that, the town's grid goes down. And all the normal ways of developing or launching anything are useless. I just hope that there's a cer- certain someone in a political office that doesn't watch this show and, and think that uh, <laughs> it's real. firing missiles into things right. are the best solution. I know. <laughs> I was just thinking that. No, I know. Because he's a TV addict, he is. But I, you know, maybe we could get him to watch The West Wing. That might be educational. So Carter goes to find Fargo, and for the second time, he interrupts Fargo and Julia working on their amended bucket list. And for some reason, Martha's flying around. Why was Martha flying around? Did she have a camera? Was that the deal? No, she was holding a disco ball. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she had had like a little (laughs) mini disco ball suspended from her. Oh. Yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of weird in that. Uh, I didn't even notice that. I was like, what? Because he says, what is going on? So I'm thinking, is she flying around with a camera? What is happening? Yeah, okay, no, I didn't even notice be, that. Uh, <laughs> disco ball. 
Okay, so Jack needs Martha because he realizes that she, even though she seems to be metal, is not affected by the magnetization. Fargo says it's because she's made of, you know, it's not regular metal that she's made of. But Lucas says that it won't work because if Martha does whatever she's going to do, it'll fry his amplifier and turn it on, and that might make everything worse. Right. So they have to reverse the polarity on his amplifier before they send Martha in. Right. That part I understood. I sort of did, but that's the best I'm going to be able to explain it. I understand the concept of what he's talking about. I don't understand how it all works, but yeah. I understand it makes sense to me and, what he's referring to. Yeah, and that's pretty much, like I said, the best way. That's the simplest way to explain it, and that's the best I'm going to do with explaining it to anybody. But, yeah, it does make sense. This is pretty much the only thing, I think, in the show that makes sense in this episode Yeah, that I understand. Um, so... But they, like we said, they have to reverse the polarity. But whoever has to do that, if they get too close, it'll cause loss of motor control. Carter, of course, remembers the swimming competition and whatever Pilar shot into Zoe's joints to control her movements. He gets shot with those things. So Tess can control his movements so he can get to the machine. And again, Colin Ferguson, the physical comedy... Yeah, that was a good a good scene. Yeah, he, he does that perfectly. And he does it differently than you would think. If you were an actor and somebody said, go and pretend somebody's... Is controlling your body. He does it more elaborately than... Right, yeah. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say <laughs> without making much sense. But he's always like that. Even his facial expressions when he has to do something physical, it's, it's always over the top. So Fargo and Zane are waiting to launch the drone somewhere out on that road that they always seem to be on. But they lose the connection with GD. So they don't know when to launch, but things start coming out of the ground like, you know, telephone poles and streetlights. Yep. So they decide they have to launch it right away. So now there's a race for Carter to change the polarities before Martha gets there. Because Martha's now already in the air and Carter hasn't changed the polarity. So that's a big, you know, race for time like they have on every episode. Right. Carter gets to change the polarity and Martha comes in. And I wrote down there's an explosion, but it's not really an explosion. It's more like a pulse, right? Yeah. When Martha hits, it's more like there's a pulse coming out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, it's not, a, I wouldn't call it an explosion. No. Okay, so Lucas caused all of this, but... Of course, his experiment did a lot in helping scientists deal with the real nemesis when it comes along. So he's not going to get into any trouble because what he did actually improved their chances when the real nemesis comes along. And he and Zoe are back to their old selves again. Yeah. You can come up for air anytime! Tess, somewhere between this whole episode, decided she was going to take the job. Jack, look, the reason I didn't tell you about the job offer was because I didn't know what this was between us. It's the perfect job for you. I know that. And uh, I've always wanted to visit Australia, so. She asked Carter to go with her. Yep. He says he'll think about it. He says if she hates it, she can come back. And she said she, yep. she can come back even if she doesn't hate it. Right? Right. She, she's the one then he says he's never been to Australia or something. Right. 
where we leave it here, it sounds like they're not breaking up. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna work things out. Try to do the long distance thing, and he's gonna think about moving to Australia, which we know that's not gonna happen. Well, you never know. She's right. Zoe is leaving. He has no family here, but he has Allison, so we can't forget yep. about her. So Zoe's leaving for college. I mean, she got the letter. She's leaving the next day. Although I don't know how many days that has gone have gone by, but. She's nervous, and she's kind of having second thoughts. And she says she can come back if, if she hates it, and Carter says the same thing. She can come right. back even if she doesn't. So later on at um, the sheriff's office, Carter gets a package with plane tickets for Australia. And the phone rings, and it's Allison. It's almost like, okay, that door closed. We're reopening. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. It, to me, it was like they left it off as now he, he's got these tickets in hand. And he had this look on his face, and then the phone call, and then he was surprised it was Allison. And then he says, I was just about to call you, and then it ends. And right. I was thinking that he was going to call her and let her know that he was that he was going to resign. Really? Yeah. Wow. I guess, yeah, you could take it that way. To me, that was like the cliffhanger of the season. They leave it off as if you don't know if he's going to resign or not. Oh, wow. Maybe that was supposed to be a cliffhanger, and and I'm the only one who took it <laughs> the wrong way. Yeah, because you like him and Allison together. Yes, and I thought, to me, it looked like he's looking at the tickets, Allison called, and that's all forgotten. Yeah, I took it the other way. Wow. I didn't even think of that. That could have been, yeah. That, so all this time, that might have been a cliffhanger that I didn't get. That I didn't get was a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I n- never thought of it that way. I thought of it that, you know, Tess is gone and Allison is making him forget that whole detour on the path to him and Allison. And now that's over and Allison makes Tess leaving easier for him. And it's like, like I said, one door closes and another reopens. I think he had, had genuine feelings for Tess. Oh, yeah. I think so, so I think too. It, was, it would have been too soon for him to just push it aside and be done with it so quickly. You're right. I'm being harsh when I say forget. I think he absolutely had genuine feelings for Tess. I think that any time or place that Allison came and said, I want you, Tess would be out of the picture. Not that he didn't have genuine feelings for her, but I think the feelings he has for Allison outweigh any of that. And I'm not saying forget her. I'm saying it made it easier for him to let go. Yes. Yes. I know I'm being harsh saying forget. Now I wonder if that was supposed to be a cliffhanger and I just never, never knew it. So that is all there is to the episode, unless you think of something that we skipped. No, I think we touched on everything. Yeah, because I was a little scattered for this one because the science, it was just throwing me. Even though I took notes, it was just still scattered. Okay, so we will be taking a week off between seasons. This is the season finale, episode 18, and we will be back in two weeks for the season four premiere my favorite, air quotes, season of Eureka. Is it? No, I said air quotes. I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. If I was writing it, I would have inserted sarcasm font. No, it isn't. If you're a first-time watcher, don't turn it off now because it it is good. It just starts off annoyingly. I know it's not your favorite, right? Yeah, I've, I mean, I don't like change, you know, so not to spoil anything, but I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of change, so it is hard to want something does to stick with it that's usually when i lose lose interest and in, in stuff so right but you didn't and you made it through the whole season 
right? Yeah. So for you first time watchers, just stick with it. You'll get over it. Okay. So we'll be back in two weeks. See you later. Bye. Jack Arthur. Allison. Hey, yeah. Um, I was just about to call you. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. See you in two weeks. For season four, episode one, Funders Day. See you then. Bye. Perfect. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At Facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.